Hey, welcome to Learning Little Lessons. Today's episode is the final talk from Sister Share 2020 held in October. This talk is by Marsha Riffiner and it's called Holding On to Hope. Enjoy it. So it's been so good to be here together with you today. Um, this beautiful, amazing soul care of a day. My heart is full. A number of weeks ago, I was pondering and praying, um, was I supposed to speak today? And if so, what topic? Trudy had shared ideas of faith or hope or fear as what I had previously prepared for the last one didn't seem um, like a good fit for today. So this thought kept coming back to me of who am I? Who am I? Who am I to speak to you on faith or holding on to your hope? Who am I to stand here to tell you to not fear when I'm the one that's waffling and wrestling with these things right now? And I wondered, like, what would I even say? And the thought kept running through my mind of how hypocritical would that be for me to talk to you about hope when I'm questioning mine? Do I even have hope right now? And yet God, our faithful God, has been working on me these last past weeks, um, prompting me in this journey of searching for hope, um, shoring up my hope, and irregardless if I, if I was going to end up speaking here today, and reminding me that he is my hope and my strength. So here I am. I don't have it all together, uh, not even mostly together. Um, in case you didn't know, I don't feel particularly skilled in holding on to hope. I don't know what you are in need of today. Maybe something that I share will resonate with you in as you search your own heart. Um, our nation already has so much finger, so none of that here today, it's coming back to me. So, so who am I? I've given this question a lot of thought these last weeks. And <laughs> right now, it seems like I'm maybe the one with more questions than answers. Um, I'm the one who needs to be willing to let my circumstances grow me instead of fighting against it. Um, I'm the one who needs to turn my whys into what can I learn from this, like Becca had shared. I'm the one who needs to have a vision for broader things and of things eternal. And... <sighs> I was feeling like I was the one that needed encouraged about hanging on as I was struggling with doubt. So let's talk about hope. Um, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. Its strength is in his faithfulness. Hope comes with the possibility of something better and help keeps us going. Hope helps us manage stress, anxiety, and to cope with adversity. Belief and expectation are key elements. Life would be pretty bleak without hope, wouldn't it? But for now, we definitely need it. But hope isn't easy. And so how do we persevere in this? God's word assures us that we can lay hold on our hope, on the hope set before us. We have an, a hope as an anchor of the soul sure and steadfast. And I love that word picture that an anchor brings. Um, not like a tree or a canoe or a roller coaster. Um, not like the foolish man and his sinking sand, but like an anchor. Hebrews reminds us 
um, to hold fast to the confession of our hope, not wavering. So not leaning, not moving, but firm. But it's much easier in moments like today when our soul is feeling cared for and um, to feel encouraged and have hope. Right here, right now, it's pretty easy for me to think that I'm going to make it, that we're going to make it. But what about when we walk out the door or when we wake up Monday morning and face real life? <clears throat> so my hard looks different than your hard, but we all have it. But can we still have that confident expectation? So I'd like you to think about these, these questions. So what brings me hope? And what blocks my hope or gets in the way of my hopefulness? And how do I respond to or react to those things? So what brings me hope? Well, music is something that brings me hope. Um, it's so good for my soul and is encouraging to me. The hymn writer's words often can become my prayers when I can't even get words out. Seems that quite often I can't even find those words or can't pray. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to, to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Strength for the day and a bright hope for tomorrow. That's what we need, isn't it? So my kindergartners often ask to sing the song, the solid rock thing in the mornings, or as one of them calls it, the hard rock song. I kind of get a chuckle from that. <laughs> my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So I need to ask myself, is my hope really on Jesus, the solid rock, or have I gotten distracted with other things? Um, am I hoping in the sinking sand things of life, or am I anchored on that rock? The words to this Lauren Daigle um, song convict me. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. So when we have broken dreams and heartaches, will we still trust? <clears throat> as Becca shared, can we say that God is good even when life is not good? Will we still trust? So the song, The Blessing, has been such a comfort and um, been so healing to me. Um, sometimes I need to listen to it on repeat like five times five or times ten, truthfully. <laughs> May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is with you. He is with you. Sorry, he is for you. He is for you. And then it says that about six more times. Sometimes I think I just need that reminder pounded in my head a little bit. If you've never listened to the testimony behind the song, even if, it's worth listening to. 
Because sometimes we are just losing bad, aren't we? I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. Hmm, even if, can I honestly say that? The Isaiah verses found in the song, How Firm a Foundation, are especially dear to me. Fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen and help thee and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of woe shall not overflow. For I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through, when through fiery trials thy pathways shall lie, my grace, all sufficient, shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. There are so many beautiful promises found in music to help soothe our souls. So find some songs that bring you hope. As I listen to stories of hope and of God's faithfulness, it can help my impatience. And I need to be reminded that answers take time. Didn't we all sit a little straighter and have a little more hope after hearing story time with Bea today? We heard of the faithfulness of God as um, Carolyn and Becca shared their stories, even in their hardest of hard. It brings hope to our hungry souls. So let's be willing to share our own stories of hope. That being said, maybe you can't share your story. Maybe right now it's very private and it's not yet the right time to share. So, and maybe you long for some encouragement, but it's not for you to share, it's someone else's to share. So whenever it's time, share your story. Anne talked about Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. Joseph had hard, much hard. And yeah, in some ways he kind of was asking for it a little bit, wasn't he, with his brothers? But, but talk about difficult. Um, you think he struggled with hope? Probably so, he was human. Joseph couldn't see what God was doing through all those difficult years of his waiting. How many times in his story do we read, and it came to pass, da 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 da, da and came to pass, da 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 da. And how many months or days or years was he having to wait for it to come to pass? You know, those five words sometimes meant years of waiting. So here's what encourages me in his waiting, there was a meanwhile. So meanwhile, God was working, even though Joseph couldn't see it. God was faithful and at work, and God used what was intended for evil for the good, even for the saving of souls. So just like us, in our difficult seasons, there is a meanwhile. God is faithful. Two things are happening, what we see and what God is doing. So don't lose hope. Meanwhiles take time. So sisters, your faithfulness brings me hope and seeing you persevere through trials can help me and mine. So let's fight this good fight together and not against each other. 
Speaking of fighting the good fight of faith, dear Dawn, you come to mind, and I don't know if you are joining us virtually today or not. Your faithfulness is a beautiful testimony and inspiration to me. Know this, that you are dearly missed here today, and Sister Cher will not be the same without you. You and Steve are deeply loved. So we heard a lot about forgiveness today. Forgiveness is another crucial part in our journey of hope. So remember that effervescent tablet? Anne reminded us that as we release our bitterness and anger, we're able to live with that real peace and joy. But sometimes my hope becomes blurry and shaky, and I need a little extra help to get it back in focus. It's okay for us to not be okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And sometimes we need help to get back on track. If you need help, please get help. To care for myself, I currently need to take medication for depression, and I have regular counseling appointments to help keep things in perspective. I've said this before, we all need someone to give us sound biblical counsel. Some of us just need to pay for ours, and that's okay. And Becca, I count mine as my friend too, so. <laughs> as I shore up my hope, I need to go to God's word. It holds so many promises. Isaiah 43, 2 is an Ebenezer verse for me. Um, this verse became an anchor to me about 20 years ago. I was dealing with some um, chronic health issues, and we were in the midst of our infertility journey, and my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer. So it was a really tough, tough time, and it just seemed too much, and I'm sure I was falling apart. But I still remember exactly where I was sitting when I heard those promises for the first time just wash over me, and there's still a message of hope for me. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle upon, upon thee. And um, maybe, just maybe, I might remind God sometimes of that promise as I tell him I'm feeling a little singed down here, or that I'm feeling a little damp from those rising waters. <laughs> Humor is good for the soul, right? <laughs> More promises in the word. So we know that in our weakness, um, we are made strong in him. We know he is the God of hope. He can fill us with joy and peace in abundance. We know he renews our strength while we wait upon him. We can run with him and not be weary and walk with him and not faint. And his tender love and mercy are not exhausted. His mercies are new every morning. His compassions fail not. So I hear all of this. So much hope in these verses, and I know all of this, and I know I can trust him until I can't. And I have an anchored hope, an anchored hope, until I don't. So what blocks my hope and gets in the way of my hopefulness? Well, by giving up, by not trusting God, by placing my faith in people or things, by focusing too much on um, worldly fears, by blaming someone else for my circumstances, by holding on to bitterness and anger, by relying on myself, and why do we rely on our unreliable selves? So big things right here in front of me cause me to become short-sighted, seemingly unanswered prayers or prayers that are different than I would like, differently answered than I would like, unresolved issues, 
Fearing change is a big one for me. Oh yeah, and then worrying that things will never change is also a big one. So give some thought to what brings you hope and what gets in the way of your hopefulness. So how do I respond to these things and how do I cope? The answer is usually not in a healthy way. When I become short-sighted and I'm losing hope, I tend to do one of two things. I overfunction or underfunction. So as women, I think we tend to overfunction in our lives, and that leads to exhaustion mentally and physically. So let's think of a tennis match and think of how the volley is to go between two people. So when I overfunction, it's like I'm playing both sides. So I hit the ball onto my opponent's court, and then I run over here and I hit the ball back to me, and then I run back over here. So back and forth, back and forth. Sounds exhausting and, and ludicrous, right? And to what end? But how often do I do that in real life? How often am I playing both sides of the net? How often do I try to take control over things on the other side that are not my responsibility? I tend to trade off value where I place my hope for power or control. So I'm trying to maneuver and manipulate physically and, and even in my mind, rather than just valuing people and relationships and God. So because of that, my hope wavers. But I can also go to the other extreme. When I underfunction, I can just shut down and into, pull into my dark place. I can um, de-self, and that isn't healthy for anybody. Depression robs me of hope. Satan wants to cripple me and paralyze me with doubts and fears and accusations and what-ifs and unmet, unmet expectations. He wants me to fall into that Eve trap that, trap that we heard about today, believing that I am not enough. So let's think of the tennis match again. So when I am, um, I'm not over-engaging, but I'm not engaging at all when I'm under-functioning. So I'm wanting someone else to take care of my responsibilities. So be, just be mindful of how you respond in your heart. So where is that healthy balance? And how do we keep that right perspective? So I had the privilege of hearing story time with Bia last week. And one of the most resonating thoughts from that was that people need to see us holding on to Jesus when life is hard. And that we need to be grateful. I need to be grateful for what, we've been, what I've been given and not resentful for what has been taken. That's a key, isn't it? How often do I wish that with a snap of my fingers, I could make everything better? But who says my better would be what is best? So to keep that right perspective, I have to let go of my will. When my focus is on the eternal, I can have hope. You probably all agree, hasn't our autumn been incredible? Just like no other, the vibrant colors are breathtaking. So let's think about this. For the tree to survive the winter, those leaves have to fall. And in the process of that preservation, the green of the leaf, the, the, the leaves have, has to disappear. Don't get me wrong, I still find beauty in a green tree. But because of that dying off, 
the green in the leaves gets out of the way, and then the magnificence of the true color of the red and yellow and orange can shine through. Just like us, how much more can our life reflect God's glory when our will gets out of the way, when our green gets out of the way, then he can shine. Our ordinary can become extraordinary in that purifying, that extraordinary will become evident. Reverend Billy Graham said that when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. So I guess that's part of holding on to hope is giving up our will and coming to the end of ourselves. I love this thought from Paul Tripp. So be careful how you make sense of your life. What looks like disaster may be, in fact, grace. What looks like the end may be the beginning. What looks hopeless may be God's instrument to give you real and lasting hope. Your father is committed to taking what seems so bad and turning it into something that is very, very good. A friend shared this perspective. Long before Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus, the tree was already planted to meet his need. We all have a tree in our life that isn't fully bloomed yet. And that is why the next thing isn't happening yet. When all the circumstances line up, the people, the places, and the resources, we will see it, but only as we search for Jesus, just like Zacchaeus. As John Piper says, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. There are trees being planted in your life. Some of them aren't ready for you yet, but be assured in time they will be. Walk with the Lord daily. He knows your needs and will take care of them. I don't know. Isn't that beautiful? I just appreciate that. We can't see his timetable and may not understand, but he is working in our meanwhile. We can rest in his waiting because he's the one that's working. We heard today how God created Adam, his new creation from dust. So let's hear a little more on dust and how God uses it today. As I read this excerpt um, from this book, it's not supposed to be this way, by Lisa Turkhurst, think about the things that are blocking your hope, um, the things that maybe seem broken or impossible. We live in a broken world where broken things happen, so it's not surprising that things get broken in our lives as well. But what about those times when things just aren't broken but shattered beyond repair, shattered to the point of dust. At least when things are broken, there's some hope that you can glue the pieces back together, but you can't glue dust. It's hard to hold dust. We feel desperately hopeless. Dust begs us to believe the promises of God no longer apply to us, that the reach of God falls just short of where we are, and that the hope of God has been snuffed out by the consuming darkness around us. Dust is the exact ingredient that God loves to use. Of all things God could have used to make man, he chose to use dust. Dust doesn't have to signify the end. Dust is often what must be present for the new to begin. If our souls never ached with disappointments or disillusionments, 
we never fully admit and submit to our need for God. If we weren't ever shattered, we never know the glorious touch of the potter making something glorious out of dust, out of us. She continues, wise potters not only know how to form beautiful things from clay, but they also know how important it is to add some of the dust from previous pieces, from broken pieces of pottery, previously broken pieces of pottery, to the new clay. This is called grog. To get this grog, the broken pieces have to be shattered to just right. If the dust is shattered too finely, it won't add any structure to the new clay. If it's not shattered enough, the grog will be too coarse and will make the potter's hands bleed. But when shattered just right, the grog dust added to the new clay will enable the potter to form the clay into a larger and stronger vessel than ever before. It can go through fires much hotter as well. Plus, when glazed, these pieces end up having a much more beautiful artistic look to them than they would have otherwise. So what if the clay made from all the other dust currently in my life could be strengthened by this newly added broken piece? I find this concept of just right dust fascinating and consoling and encouraging. Just like the grog is useful when put back into the clay, our shattered hopes and dreams can be used to make us stronger and more beautiful for his glory. There can be purpose in our pain. So back to my first question of who am I? Who am I? I'm the one who can lose sight of things eternal in the storm. Who am I? I am the one who needs to keep singing and bringing praise to him. Who am I? I am the one who needs to hear the beautiful promises in God's word as they soothe my soul and encourage my heart. Who am I? I'm the one who needs to ask for extra help. And so for this season, I'm the one that needs medication and counseling. And it's okay to not be okay. Who am I? I am the one that wants to find his strength in the face of my suffering. And when I am weak, he shows me his strength. Who am I? I'm the one that needs to harbor gratitude instead of bitterness. I want to love others more fully. Who am I? I am the one who wants to live with joy and in peace. I need to release my hurts, my bitterness, and my anger, just like that effervescent tablet that Anne talked about. Who am I? I am the one who needs to be mindful of the Eve trap that Larissa shared. I need to call out Satan and his lies so I can be who God made me to be. I want to choose life, even with its limitations, and to live it abundantly. Who am I? I am the one who gets impatient in my meanwhile and even forgets that there is a meanwhile. Who am I? I am the one who needs to come to the end of myself getting my will out of the way and letting God be God. Who am I? I am the one who needs to remember the lesson about dust and grog and that my brokenness and seemingly useless shattered dust can be used by his potter's hands to form me into a stronger and more beautiful vessel for him. Who am I? I am a work in progress because hanging on to our hope is a work in progress. 
So who are you? And how will you fight to hold on to your hope? Meanwhiles take time and hope isn't easy. Keep hanging on dear sisters. This past Sunday, we were reminded again that God wins. We already know the ending to it all. God wins. So keep hanging on. I'll finish with Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. This is hope. Thank you.